Great to see Kevin Korczynski back here in, in Chicago. Amongst the brothers, as Nick Polino says. Sights him. Polino score! Tyler Johnson on the back door. And the Hawks lead in the third. Moran's going to get ahead of Steve for a chance to win it in his return. Here goes Moran. He spins. Moran scores! And the timer expires. Count the basket. And John Moran wins it for the Grizzlies. Jeff Van. Short-handed. Pajot. Will Holmes do it again? Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go for Saul 77 on a lovely December 21st looking for a high of plus five today, plus seven tomorrow. Gotta be kidding. Uh, maybe a low Christmas Eve, a low Christmas Eve of minus five. Just fabulous weather for the holiday season. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So glad that you are spending some time with us this morning. And tonight, the Oilers uh, continue their road trip in the uh, New York tri-state area as they are in New Jersey tonight at the Prudential Center taking on the Devils. Oilers come in with a record of 13-15-1 on a three-game slide after their eight-game winning streak. And uh, we were talking about it yesterday a little bit about what exactly is going to shake down lineup-wise for the Oilers. And it appears that Connor Brown will step out of the lineup and watch this one from the press box, Connor Brown basically total shut off when it comes to offensive output this year with just one assist in uh, 23 games played, minus 10 on the year. So Chris Knobloch figures time to watch a game from the press box, maybe back to back. He goes back in with a game tomorrow, but that's tomorrow. Let's worry about tonight first. Uh, so the lines tonight will uh, look like so Ryan Nugent Hopkins alongside Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. So that line gets reunited per se. It'll be Leon Dreisaitl, Warren Fogel, and Evander Kane. And then it's McLeod, Janmark, and Gagne. That's where the Brown change comes in. Adam Ernie, Hamlin, and Ryan on the fourth line. And Cal Pickard will start in goal for the Oilers tonight. Pickard uh, had a great game against the Devils when the Oilers won here on December the 10th, a 4-1 victory. Cal Pickard had 29 saves. Our text line, as usual, is open, 1-833-401-1440, or give us a call if you'd like to do a little chit-chat on a Thursday morning, just, well, a little over three and a half days till the big man goes down the chimney. Oilers on that eight-game winning streak, everything was going right. The goals for, the goals against, the power play, the penalty kill. But, you know, on this uh, three-game losing streak, opposition goalies have been hmm, pretty good, pretty good. And in fact, they're all Russian goalies, if that matters one thing for you. But in this three-game losing streak, opposition goalies, as we said, all Russians, Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, Sorokin, a 961 save percentage to go along with 
a 1.67 goals against average. Vasilevsky had 54 saves. Bobrovsky had 38 saves. Sorokin had 30 saves. Losses to Tampa, Florida, the Islanders. They were getting pumped by the opposition goaltenders. Speaking of goaltenders, I'm sure we're going to be getting a lot of texts this morning about one Olivier Rodrigue, who came up with a big game last night in uh, the Bakersfield contest uh, as they took on Calgary, the Wranglers. Uh, Olivier Rodrigue with 38 saves. So he, uh, right now, with a 2.14 goals against average and a 9.38 save percentage. The uh, Bakersfield Condors won 4-2. They had a 3-0 lead, killed off a big four-minute double minor penalty in the third period to preserve the the win. But 38 saves for Olivier Rodrigue. Let the text come in. We'll be talking about the new backup of the Edmonton Oilers or maybe the starter. Uh, Stair Farmer, good morning, boys. The Oilers will not make the playoffs. Too much is working against them well they have a long road to hoe there's no question about that seattle wins last night speaking of goaltending again joey decord 42 saves for the seattle kraken in a win over los angeles kings we've had grant fear as a co-host for four months now and joey decord gets brought up a lot because joey decord last year was in coachella valley with the firebirds where grant fear does a color commentary for the home games for the birds. And Grant Fuhr has said many times that Joey Decord will be a top caliber NHL goalie. Showed it last night, uh, Seattle 2-1 over L.A. What has happened to the Detroit Red Wings ever since Patrick Kane came along, although Kane had a goal and an assist last night against the Winnipeg Jets. Jets win it 5-2 over Detroit. But the Wings won 6-1 and one in their last eight and a four-game losing streak. Now, the Kings have fallen out of any playoff position in the Eastern Conference thanks to that four-game slide. Detroit now just two games above 500, 15-13-4, 34 points. They're two back. Of the Washington Capitals, who hold down the second wild-card spot in the Eastern Conference. The Duke at Elburn, working very hard, feverishly, at a feverishly pitch, taking on all buttons and levers and things over there. Uh, it's going to be a weird night for you. Uh, Thursday night football and the no CBH. It's The season's kind of over. So you're... It's a it's an open slot for you Thursday. Although you did that little flip flop with Connor, right? Yeah, I'd, uh, uh, I was so I sent me yeah. off last Thursday, but that was filled with a uh, bus trip and a hasty one at that. Threw a <laughs> so snowstorm down into Rimby for the critters, and then I was uh, out on Monday. But yeah, no, the uh, my uh, my schedule at the CBH is now um, completed. I guess if you want to call it that, up until we kind of all have our station watch party on Championship Weekend at the Ice House uh, coming up in January. So. Uh, it, it will be a little different uh, watching mm-hmm. TNF, TNF from my couch instead of out of the CBH, although I do live just down the street from a uh, Canadian gone. brew house. So there's a there's a pretty decent You'll chance, I would gone. say, I end up heading down there because uh, there's no better place to, to watch the game. Food, drinks, uh, TVs, you can't crank your head more than a few degrees without getting a great look at one. So mm-hmm. uh, with the oil game on at the same time, that's a pretty easy uh, easy choice. Yeah, 5.30 start for the Oilers, 6.15, I guess, for kickoff for the Thursday night football game. It'll be, uh, well, both teams 7-7 seven and seven coming in, right? So mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting contest between 
uh, New Orleans and L.A. So um, it's hard to make. I mean, L.A. seems to be coming on, but New Orleans, it's either hit or miss, it seems, with the Saints. They are, like last week, played well. Week before, not so well. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's it's a case with the Saints that you don't know really what you're getting. Led by Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr was good last week. Yeah, but can he string two in a row? That's I, a big question. I'm not a believer in the Saints uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Partly because of that inconsistency that you're you're talking about there. Whereas the Rams, on the other hand, like you said, they're kind of almost a team on the rise mm-hmm. uh, between the emergence of Puka Nakua. I mean, they still have Cooper Cup. Um, Kyron Williamson when he's uh, when he's healthy as a dynamic threat in the backfield and Matt Stafford I mean he's getting up there he's racked on some years and battled a few injuries but he can still sling the ball and put mm-hmm. it into a, a tight of windows as any and I think I'm going to be leaning on him as my uh, my QB one for football fan mm-hmm. uh, fantasy football semifinals this week so I'm uh, I'll be keeping a close tab on that uh, for that reason if nothing else but uh, two teams in the middle of a playoff race so it's uh, it actually shapes up to be a, a Thursday night football game with tons of meaning on the line. And, of course, so you'll have two TVs going at once with the Oilers uh, and New Jersey. A couple of interesting stories uh, regarding the New Jersey Devils coming in tonight. And this is, um, you know, this this has been a hot-button topic of conversation for quite a while. Uh, The Devils tonight are going to wear their pride jerseys, but... NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman has said, ah, "No, no, no, no! You're not wearing. We're not wearing these jerseys in warm-up. You're not wearing them wherever. Uh, they are going to wear the jerseys when they enter the arena tonight. So, as you've probably seen, a lot of you know TV broadcasts have gone towards where." Uh, they film the teams coming in and they want to see what they're wearing. And to be honest with you, a lot of this goes back to, to Don Cherry when he was working Hockey Night in Canada, Coach's Corner. He thought, let's show these guys and see how well-dressed they are when they come in. And then they would show the basketball guys coming in wearing you know hoodies and sweats and things like that. Sometimes it would change. But they're going to wear it when they... Because they can't be these jerseys. NHL, NHL policy, you can't wear these jerseys on the ice during warm-ups or a game, obviously. But the policy says nothing about wearing these jerseys before that. So I would imagine when they walk in, they'll get uh, the players shooting, uh, you know, getting the, the shots of the players, the filming of the players. So we will see exactly what happens tonight because it'll be a, probably an interesting uh, dynamic in that sense. Uh, we've got to mix things up a tiny little bit today because we want to hook up with Matt Laughlin. He's the uh, Devils play-by-play, and we're going to do that right around 7.30, so we're going to take a quicker break here right now, but we've got Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, Ken Trahan will uh, dive into the Thursday night football from New Orleans perspective. We've got, you know what, let's leave this as a special guest, a special guest coming up. And not really a guest, but someone that all our listeners are very familiar with. But we can tease it a little. Do you, should we just reveal it, Duke? I mean, what if something happens? It's uh, it's out there on it's out there on. Oh, it's out there. It's on, out there on the Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, so Ladislav Schmid went home for Christmas with his family to check. Uh, when did he leave? Saturday, I guess. So we're gonna check in with Laddie around nine thirty, nine forty, probably just before he has a big supper with big. Big portions over there in, in Czech. So Laddie will join us for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so from Czech. And then Luke Pierce, Edmonton Oil Kings head coach. Oil Kings on their Christmas break, but they're right back at it, right? out. They, they would leave on Boxing Day for their West Coast trip. When we come back, 
Uh, we will have our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. We'll uh, preview, profile the Oilers tonight and the Devils. We'll have comments from uh, Chris Knobloch and uh, Zach Hyman. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Yes, have you got that Christmas spirit? What do you think is going to happen tonight with the Oilers and Devils? Send us a text, one 401 which brings us to our uh, game of the day, right? brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Join in the holiday cheer. Help St. Albert Dodge fill their Ram 1500 with toys for the Salvation Army. Stop in and say hi at the north end of St. Albert Trail. Uh, check out stalbertdodge.com as well. Um, so tonight's Jersey Oilers game, even though it was 4-1 uh, the last time, uh, these two teams are two of the top scoring teams. Uh, both of them currently rank in the top 10 in goals per game. Devils are at 3.43. Oilers are at 3.34. So you could maybe expect a few goals tonight. It's a battle of uh, former Number one overall picks, I guess you could say that too. Jack Hughes and uh, Connor McDavid. Hughes is, uh, uh, you know, one of the top scorers in the league as well. Missed some time, but uh, the Devils are looking to avoid their third straight loss for the first time in a month. Lost at home in overtime against the Flyers on Tuesday night. And the Oilers, of course, had that eight-game winning streak going, but uh, were 2-9-1 to start, so that erased that horrific start. But of now dropped three in a row. The Oilers shuffle the lines a little bit uh, yesterday at practice. We talked about that off the top. Connor Brown will uh, sit this one out. Just one assist in uh, 23 games and a minus 10. So the top line sort of reunited. I mean, they started the game, uh, the last game against the Islanders, not together to maybe add a little balance to the team. That didn't work out at all on the island. So it'll be Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman all together to start this game and after yesterday's practice in jersey zach hyman had these post practice comments all right zach uh, let's begin with some hockey talk of course uh, the effort was better last night than it was on saturday what are some of the things that you liked from your team and maybe some things that you still need to improve on i thought we played pretty well even strength i think we limited chances uh, we got some looks, and then obviously special teams needed to be better in that game. I think they, they outscored us 3 to nothing there, so clean that up. What do you make of getting all of these shots towards the net and not necessarily getting rewarded with it every night? That's yeah, process pace, right? You keep doing it, eventually it's going to go in, and uh, that shooting percentage will, will even out. So we just got to keep getting our looks, and, and they'll go in. Some common messaging between you right now and your teammates throughout the week, process-based. What is the Empton Oilers process? What does that look like? Playing fast. I think that's the foundation of our game is speed and playing quick, and then obviously limiting turnovers and, and playing smart and, and holding on to box, making plays. Uh, I think we're a pretty skilled team, so we can use that to our advantage, but we can't let it hurt us. When you get in high amount of shot totals, but maybe not as many goals as you guys had hoped, What's the key to not being frustrated during that process? Yeah, you play long enough, you know it evens out. So uh, just sticking with it, making sure that you continue to do the same things, you don't get discouraged, and uh, the results will come. You guys have already faced off against the New Jersey Devils this year. What kind of challenges do they pose tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously high-skill team on offense and you know with their back end too. Um, some high-skill players on both sides of the, of the puck there. So... Um, I gotta be prepared for that. I gotta know who you're out there with, and uh, just gotta play with skill and speed. Two change-ups coming your way. One, uh, do you watch any players around the NHL like on a day and day mm-hmm. in basis, or do you just kind of watch? 
as a, as a, as yeah. a game of hockey kind of thing. I don't have time anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> sound old, but uh, when I'm at home, I, I try to just be with the kids and and be present with with the family. So don't really watch too much hockey anymore. As when I was younger, and I was just me and me and my wife, it was easy to tune in, take a couple games, and especially being uh, being now mountain time, it's even better. You get the early games. So the only hockey I watch is before games at home. We, we do like a hot stove with the guys, and we watch the early games, and 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 that's uh, always fun. Who was your favorite player growing up? I was a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Um, grew up in Toronto, so um, guys like Matt Sundin, Gary Roberts, those types of guys were guys I looked up to. Who's one player that you grew up watching that you try to most emulate your game around? Uh, um, and there's lots. I remember watching uh, Thomas Holmstrom uh, with the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, he's someone who's always around the net, around the puck. You know, he's able to do deflect goals things like that uh Toronto guy was Darcy Tucker who always played with an edge and kind of always had a nose for the net so um those guys were guys who I you know watched closely I'd say that's Oilers forward Zach Hyman after yesterday's practice and uh thanks to uh Tony Montana I call him Tony Brar from Oilers TV (laughs) for doing that interview uh the Oilers again on that eight game winning streak were just I mean everything was going right for them I mean 39 goals for 14 against they were tops in the league in goal differential in that span and the 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 power play was top ranked. The penalty kill was top ranked. But now we've seen that fall off a little bit in recent games. And of course, that was the main reason that the Oilers lost in New York against the Islanders. It was special teams. There's no question. There's no denying that the Oilers had a good start in that game. But to give up two power play goals, to give up the one shorthanded goal by Holmstrom, his fifth of the season so far. And then when they had a five on three for just under a minute, well, that all adds up to just a total debacle when it comes to special teams and the Oilers will need to rectify that against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, text coming into one eight three three four zero one. Most of the fans really think that the uh, Devils are going to win this one tonight. I'm thinking Oilers will lose 4-2. That comes from Caleb. Uh, Jack Hughes will get two points. Uh, lump of coal goes Harry. 6-4 Devils. What's your game night? Prediction, one 401 as uh, the Oilers take on the New Jersey Devils uh, tonight. The Devils will be without one of their top, top players tonight, and not only tonight, but for the rest of the regular season, it appears. Dougie Hamilton, the big defenseman that played in Calgary for so many years, torn left pectoral muscle. So they are saying that he is going to be out until a playoff possibility for the Devils, and New Jersey has to get there first. But that's a big blow when you're considering what the Devils have on defense because Dougie Hamilton was a key, key uh, trade and sign and signed uh, a long-term contract uh, with ha- with the uh, Carolina – when we out of Carolina and uh, it was a long-term contract extension when he signed with the New Jersey Devils. But this is a guy that now – should offer some relief when it comes to long-term injury reserved dough money for the New Jersey Devils. So we'll see what exactly what the Devils do in that sense. Uh, not exactly sure who is going to start in goal tonight for the Devils, either Vitek Vanacek or Akira Schmid, who played the last game when the Oilers faced him on December the 10th when the Oilers beat the Devils by a score of 4-1. to one. We will get that answer 
most likely when we check in with uh, Matt Laughlin, Devils play-by-play broadcaster. Text 1833-401-1440. What do you think tonight's game prediction will be for the Oilers? Duke, do you think that the Oilers can rebound after a loss on the island? I mean, if they don't get a split here in the next two nights, and the Rangers we know are tough, tomorrow... Yikes. I, I mean, we had texters coming in yesterday saying it's going to be a five-game skid going into the break. And we said that was a unnecessarily uh, pessimistic outlook. I, 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 I think tonight is certainly the opportunity against the Devils team that uh, they love to score goals, uh, much like the Oilers do, but they're also privy to giving up a lot of uh, offensive chances, much like the Oilers do. And you, we're not running into a goaltender here tonight that is one of the top caliber players in the league. It's not Sergei Bobrovsky. It's mm-hmm. not Andre Vasilevsky. It's not Igor Shosturkin, who the uh, Oilers are likely to see tomorrow. Um These are these are guys who are you know competent and capable, whether it be Schmidt or uh, Vanacek. But this is about as good of a chance for the Oilers to kind of at least get one W and snap this uh, this streak, Mm -hmm. regardless of result tomorrow in New York. uh, Going even, you know, uh, with one win in your past five, as opposed to five straight. Uh, the smallest things can make a world of difference when it comes to your your confidence and your outlook. So hopefully they can at least get one on the board before heading into the Christmas break because it's going to be no uh, no easy task of a Western road trip when we come back out of it uh, on the other side of the holiday. So it um, like I said, yeah, this will be about as good of an opportunity as the Oilers have to to get a W in the column and snap this little little skid they're on. Oilers with 27 points, seven back of the second wild card placed Arizona Coyotes. That's been the uh, St. Albert Dodge game of the day. We're going to continue it from a Jersey pers- perspective when we come back with uh, Matt Laughlin, Devils play-by-play broadcaster. But that's the uh, game of the day brought to you by St. Albert jo- Dodge. They have 165 Ram 1500s all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That's a savings up to 14 thousand dollars uh, when we come back matt laughlin devils play-by-play man for devils radio that's coming up on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 stay with us all right welcome back to the big program time now for the uh, puck report brought to you by fountain tire and fountain tire is more than just tires they offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics visit fountaintire.com to see all the mechanical services that they offer as we welcome uh, Matt Laughlin back to the program. Matt, good morning. Welcome back to Sports 1440. You're with Kevin Carey. So unfortunately, don't have David Schlemko with you here to give the gears, but uh, that's what was the case the last time. But uh, we'll try to get through it, uh, just the two of us. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds fair enough. And look forward to uh, rejoining uh, David at some point uh, later on in the season. How are yeah. you doing today, Kevin? Doing great. Thanks for asking, uh, Matt. Uh, what do you make of this Devils team going in uh, to tonight's tilt? I guess let's start with Dougie Hamilton and his situation uh, being gone out of the lineup for a long period of time here. Yeah, the Devils haven't said exactly how long. They've not put a time frame on it, but you know, if you go online and look at what other athletes have done with similar injuries, it's going to be a while. Uh, you know, all the speculation is that they will continue to use time to their advantage, meaning they'll build up and accrue some more cap space before they place them on LTIR uh, and then maybe try to make a move. Uh, that's for Tom Fitzgerald and his lieutenants to figure out. Uh, but right now, the Devils do miss him. You know, at the beginning of the year, they were without two veteran D-men who moved on in Ryan Graves and Damon Severson. And now you add another guy who's got several hundred games under his belt and all his talent. 
This is a very young defense core. So they do miss Dougie. There's no question about it. Offensively, they've survived in his absence. But just from an experience standpoint, uh, and not only that, but certainly from a standpoint of, a, of an experience uh, that he brings, they've missed him. So, Matt, who picks up the slack on the blue line in his absence? It's kind of been spread around a little bit, uh, Kevin, to be honest with you, but they called up Shimon Nemitz, uh, second pick in the 2022 draft. He has not missed a beat, but he's 19 years old. He sees significant penalty killing time, which was not Dougie's forte, but he has seen significant time on the penalty kill, which tells you, what Lindy Ruff thinks about his ability. The guy who's picked up <clears throat> Dougie's work on the power play has been Luke Hughes, but that actually was right from the beginning of the season. Luke was the quarterback, is the quarterback of the number one power play. Uh, Jonas Siegenthaler has seen a little bit more time and has gotten a little bit more of a uh, lockdown role. Kevin Ball has seen a little time as well and gotten some more of that. So Lindy has spread it out a little bit. But again, ball very young, not even 100 games. Luke Hughes, first full season. Shimo Nemitz just called up. So it's a very young blue line, and there's going to be some growing games, and, and we've seen that. Matt Laughlin, Devils play-by-play man, is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, how fun is it for you, Matt, to, to call the games when you got the two brothers, uh, Jack Hughes and Luke Hughes, uh, doing so many good, good things at such young ages? What's it like for you? Well, it's absolutely uh, a brilliant opportunity. I mean, come on, like ask Jack Michaels what it's like to call (laughs) those two stars. And I'm not putting Jack and Luke at that level yet. They've got to get a few more years under their belt. Certainly, uh, this is Jack's fifth year. He's getting there. But, you know, when you have singular talents like that, uh, it is just so exciting to watch because it bodes well for the future, right? The Devils have had a fallow period following their last run to the Stanley Cup final. It's been tough on the fans. It's been tough on everyone involved with the organization. Uh, and so now you look at it and add the Jesper Bratz and the Nico Heischers, Dougie before he got hurt, and you start to see what might be. And uh, last year was an example of it, probably better than anyone in fact definitely better than anyone anticipated and probably came a little too soon. This is a little regression to the mean this year, but it's very, very exciting. What was that game like in uh, Vancouver, Matt, when you added Quinn to the uh, triumvirate? Well, you know, it was a great night for hockey. You could see that the Hughes family was a little uncomfortable with it, right? It was important for both sides to get a win at that point. The Devils hadn't gotten off to a great start. Vancouver was trying to sustain what they had, but as has happened when the Hughes brothers, whether it's two of them, Jack versus Quinn, or now Jack and Luke versus Quinn, Mm -hmm. as has happened, the Devils have come out on the right side of that score. So, uh, you know, over the summer there'll probably be some good natured ribbing about who got the upper hand. Vancouver will have a chance to get back, uh, as will Quinn on January 6th when the Canucks come to Prudential Center. Uh, But it was just brilliant. It was so good for the sport to see the highlights. And, you know, three top 10 picks that are the same bloodline. It's just an incredible, is an incredible story. And it was so much fun. When you're doing a game like that, are you just going by first names? How How do you do that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I do go. I do go Jack and Luke uh, for us a lot. Um, it's just too much to say Jack used to Luke used, and our fans know who I'm talking about mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah, it's Jack <laughs> to Luke and back to Jack. Um, 
But when only one of them is out on the ice, I, uh, you know, I may just say Hughes has the puck. You know, Jack Hughes' lines come up, Hughes with the puck. But, uh, yeah, and then it was Quinn <laughs> for Vancouver, <laughs> just so we knew who had the puck yeah. and which, which, which brother was controlling the action at that moment. Uh, Matt Laughlin, Devils play-by-play man, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, years ago, I was lucky enough to do games with Rod Phillips with Oilers. And when you said back to Jack or whatever, uh, we were doing a game in St. Louis, and the Blues had Barrett Jackman and Christian Backman together on the blue line <laughs> and old Roddy I knew you know Roddy he was having a, a tough go of that one and then years prior to that uh, when Morley was uh, doing the games with Rod I believe it was Drake Barahowski and Nikolai Boroshevsky for the Leafs <laughs> back in the day so I'm sure you, you must have some stories with uh, you know when you get a little tongue-tied with certain ind- individuals uh, around the league have you got anything off the top of your head like that? Well, absolutely, and I go back uh, a few years ago when Yaramir Yager was on the team and Jordan Tutu <laughs> was on the team, and uh, we had uh, uh, Rutu on the team, uh, the Finnish forward, and he said, I want to hear you say Yager. I want to hear you say Rutu to Tutu in a Tutu tie. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you, know, you had to be careful. You had to be careful not to get so tongue-tied oh, uh, boy. on that. But uh, yeah, that 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 was fun. That was fun. And then you do have those right where the first name is really a last name. The last name could be a first name, as you alluded oh, to, and yeah. you just you just hope your brain doesn't lock up at the wrong time. Yeah, it's it, sometimes you're exactly right. You never know what's going to come out, and then you think, did I just say that? Or yeah, I think I did. <laughs> Not sure. Uh, and you know what? You just have fun with the two, right? Because yeah. as professionals, you kind of go, oh, I couldn't do that. But you realize everyone's laughing with you at home. They get it. And so uh, and so you just you laugh with them, too. You said, hey, <laughs> you know, just a brain cramp. Yeah. We're just entertainment. So, so it was two Olmo roots, right? I didn't mention his first name. Uh, was the forward that we had. That, that's a great story uh, with Tutu. With, uh, and Yager oh, plays yeah. yesterday. You must have went, oh, man, this guy's he's never going to stop, Yarmir Yager. I it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, hockey is his life. I remember when he played for the team and the stories came with him and the stories, you know, followed it after he left. I mean, his he loves being at the rink. He loves working out. Um, it, it's just amazing. Uh, you know, I, I think of Secretariat, when Secretariat, the great thoroughbred, mm-hmm. finally passed away and they did an autopsy and they said, oh, my goodness, this horse had literally a bigger heart than any thoroughbred and i think yager's got that in his dna something similar it's just more of what we all love but he's just got more of it and uh he was a lot of fun to be around never saw him at his you know greatness other than watching him from afar on on the opposition but he still brought it when he came to the devil so yeah it was great oh 51 and playing in uh, Cladnell this year had an assist yesterday uh Matt Laughlin uh, Devils play-by-play man is our guest on Sports 1440 uh we always talk about the McLeod brothers whenever the Devils and the Oilers play Uh, what have you seen from Michael McLeod one of the top face-off men in the league and you know, in the past games, how much have you seen these guys go head-to-head, I guess, especially in New Jersey? Yeah, you know, uh, we, we've seen them play against each other a bit and uh, not quite the fanfare of the Hughes brothers, but still a first-round pick and a second-round pick, Ryan being the second-round pick, you know, certainly a great accomplishment for the family. What uh, Michael has done over the last year and a half is, that, like, you look at what he's got. He's got the size. He's got good hands. He's got tremendous speed. 
But the package wasn't always put together. Sometimes, you know, the hands were ahead of his feet, if you will. You know, he was just trying to do things too quickly. But last year, particularly in the playoffs, especially against the New York Rangers, he wound up scoring the game-winning goal in Game 7. It was the first goal, but it was the game-winning goal. It came off a terrific play from Andre Pilat. Uh, but great hands in front as Michael took the saucer pass and he was able to calmly put it home. We started to see that earlier, later in the season and earlier in the playoffs where he just was gaining confidence to slow things down. And that's what's happened this year. He's, he's driving the net a lot more. He's not afraid to take some risks. He's using his speed judiciously. And, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to be a 20-goal scorer, but he's certainly an incredibly valuable part of the fourth line. Uh, he, Curtis Lazar, and Nate Bastian have done a wonderful job for the Devils, and it's good to see because uh, Michael, uh, Michael, uh, you know, he's got all the, he's got the package, he's got the <laughs> toolbox. It's nice to see him come together. Well, a lot of people say the same things about Ryan here, and just kind of mm-hmm. waiting for him to kind of take that uh, next step. Uh, you did just touch on uh, a former Edmonton Oil King, Curtis Lazar. What have you made of uh, his play so far this year, in New Jersey? He has found a home. You know, he was looking for that in Vancouver. Going back home, signed a three-year deal. And, you know, he had a knee injury, and that prevented him from playing the way he would have liked. And, you know, eventually, you know, he thinks, hey, I'm going to stay here. It's going to be great. I grew up cheering for the Cucks. My heart was broken when they lost to the Boston Bruins. And then he gets traded, and it was a shock to the system. But he is healthy. He is tenacious. Uh, there was a reason why he was a first-round pick. He's got good speed, got decent size. You know, he's thick, and he's being utilized, and he's had a renewed lease on life. So the Devils love him. Uh, he can play wing or center. Uh, if you have to bump him up a little bit, he can do that. But he has been, along with McLeod and Bastion, the energy guys. When they're out there, you know they're out there. And, and you know, Kevin, how effective a fourth line can be when they do that, when they chip in with some goals, but they're heavy on the forecheck, and they just start to turn the momentum. Or Lindy's trusted them. He starts them at the beginning of games. He starts them at the beginning of periods, and he puts them out there late in periods. So that, that tells you how good that entire line has been, and Curtis is an enormous part of it. Yeah, and he was a very popular player here with the Oil Kings uh, 10 years ago. Oh, so you nice. Know, yeah, when they won the Memorial yeah, I mean, Cup. Yeah. Always got – yeah, and, and – understandably so when you have that kind of success but right he's always got a smile on his face yeah. he's always willing to talk he's uh you know he's just a good locker room presence it's it's been good to get to know him uh let's switch gears a little bit here with matt laughlin devil's play-by-play man last night you were uh, quite busy uh checking out another sport uh, that you're very very uh, <laughs> fond of and passionate about uh seat in the hall uh, in NCAA basketball, uh, defeated UConn seventy-five to sixty. And tell us your your uh, your kind of uh, your bond and what you kind of love so much about Seton Hall basketball. Well, I'm a graduate of the Hall, and it's where I got my start in the business. So I, I, I'm always uh, I've always got a, a warm spot in my heart for Seton Hall. And yeah, they play at the rink that the Devils do on the court at the rink, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> where the yeah. Devils do. So it's, it's second nature for me to go to Prudential Center. I have a podcast I do on Seton Hall basketball called Pirates Talk, and I never saw that game coming. Uh, <laughs> you know, they have been playing somewhat wonky basketball, like fits and starts this year. They had won their last two going into last night, but you're stepping up against one of the top-ranked teams 
in not only the Big East, but in, in college basketball in general. And I just, I, I didn't see that kind of performance. But they were in it from the beginning. They took a lead, you know, midway through the first half. And, and UConn never recovered and got back at it. So <laughs> it was a great win, great start to the conference for Seton Hall. Uh, you know, hockey, hockey is my love. It's what I do. But basketball runs a close second in terms of enjoying yeah. it, and particularly when, when the Pirates are involved. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it only will sustain them until Saturday when they play Xavier <laughs> in another conference game. But it was a blast to be there last night. What was your journey like at Seton Hall and then to get involved, I guess, just probably as a student within the broadcasting uh, to cover the team as a, you know, just when you were kind of starting out, what was that journey like for you? Well, I went to Seton Hall uh, to be an accountant. Oh. <laughs> I went for a business degree. Yeah, but always loved sports growing up and was one of those kids. And I, But, you know, I would have the radio on at night and set the time or so. I wouldn't disturb everyone after I'd fallen asleep. The game would go off. But I was always listening to games and trying to pull in signals from other towns on a clear night. Oh, wow. oh suddenly, you know, I'm getting a game from Philadelphia. It was magical. But I never thought about pursuing it as a career. But when I got to the hall and I'm listening to my college's teams being announced by fellow students, at the end of my freshman year, I saw a little note in the school newspaper. It might have been the student center, but there was a note that said, hey, if you're interested, you know, we're student run. Why don't you give it a try? Um, And it wasn't directed specifically to me, but I read it that way. And I walked across campus and said, how do I get involved? And they said, much as you put in you'll get out and i just i just found uh, a beautiful world of energy and creativity and was lucky that i did find that because it put me on an entirely different path and um yeah so they call did their basketball games they had a football team at the time some baseball games mm-hmm. and it was a blast and uh, I, I've not looked back and am forever grateful for the opportunity that the hall gave me was there any hockey presence at uh, seton hall no, they have a, a club hockey team yeah. now, and the students do those games. And uh, But no, at the time, there was not. And so when I left, just uh, to make it brief, uh, when I left, I pursued a career in radio. It was news. Then I wound up doing some local TV mm-hmm. uh, high school games. Uh, but when you go up the ranks, you take the opportunity that presents yourself initially with the NBA, but then I got switched over to cover the Devils yeah. and then transitioned to radio 17, 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a, a great journey, very fortunate. Um, didn't necessarily see that hockey was going to be where I landed, but I did grow up a sport, uh, a fan of the sport. The Rangers were the only team. Boy, I'm really dating myself now. <laughs> uh, we're, the only, <laughs> we're the only team. Uh when I was a youngster, and then the Islanders came along, and of course the Devils. But uh, you know, always, always followed the sport, but just didn't think that that's necessarily what I would do because mm-hmm. I kind of started out in hoops. But uh, it's been a blessing. So, Matt, who, when you were flicking around the radio dial, as you were saying, when you were pretty young, uh, what were you getting hockey-wise out there? Like, who could you listen to? So, when we moved from New York City to suburban New Jersey, it became a lot easier to pick up these signals because you know. The radio waves were not bouncing off of buildings. And so I could pull in Philadelphia, and I remember listening to Gene Hart mm-hmm. and Don Earl doing the Philadelphia Flyers games. And that was, I mean, I'm in my bedroom, and I'm listening to this game from another city, and their enthusiasm and the Flyers stars, you know, they were in their heyday, new, but then winning Stanley Cups. And, of course, in New York, Marv Albert, 
uh, was doing the games on the radio for the Rangers, and it was, it was great to listen to him. And then, you know, ultimately just kind of transitioned. I, you know, what I do remember, and I can't remember who the announcer was, shame on me, but one of the great things is I got a station from Hamilton, huh. you know, uh, and I wish I could remember the call letters, but I, I would hear, like, games from Hamilton and Fort Wayne. I would listen to the Fort Comets. Wayne Comets. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so, you know, big 50,000-watt stations for the younger crowd. They'll have to go to the Google machine to find out about that. But it was a different world. You couldn't just put on your uh, your phone or your computer and find everything. It had to be delivered uh, through the magic of airwaves. And, yeah, on a clear night, you get lost. And, oh, my goodness, it was so much oh, fun. Uh, and and that, that's kind of sparked it. And then I had a chance to do it. And what could be better than that? Oh, for sure. Uh, Matt, so, thanks so much for your time. Just a quick one. Do you know who's going to play net for the Devils tonight? I don't. Um, I, I suspect Lindy's been, you know, he's been pretty steady about alternating, and so I would think it's Akira Schmidt, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Vitek Vanacek's played pretty well as of late, and now just two games before the break for the Devils, and on the outside looking in, he might go with Vanacek, who has been the better of the two, but he has he has kind of gone with that steady every other game thing, so... Mm-hmm. Based on that, I think it's a Kira Schmidt, but we'll find out in a little bit, obviously. So much fun talking about things uh, on and off the ice, on and off the court with you, Matt. Uh, appreciate your time. Have a wonderful uh, holiday season. Best of the season to you and yours. Uh, thanks for hopping on today. Oh, Kevin, it's my pleasure, and thank you very much. And again, happy holidays to you and your listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Matt Laughlin, Devils, play-by-play man, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. You can head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings yeah I, I was uh you know duke when the duke sends out the lineup of what's going on and we actually knew that uh that matt was coming on a couple days ago so last night i was just you know making sure that he's tweeting all this stuff out about the seton hall basketball game and how they're just totally this is the biggest upset goal that he can remember as they beat i think number five ranked uh uconn uh, 75 to 60 last night but he was he was jacked up about it just just the same amount as he is when he's doing hockey i it just it was it was fun to read and watch and kind of follow along oh yeah that that seton hall and the uconn game last night that wasn't just big for seton hall fans that was a like that made waves across all of uh sports media i, I seen tons of clips from it across my twitter page and stuff mm-hmm. as i was kind of bouncing bouncing around the uh the stations checking in on the three hockey games etc so that's a that's a huge win for for the program there and i mean like i said uconn ranked uh, in the top five but the defended champs for goodness yeah. sake like that that's a that's a heck of a win for for a program that continues to kind of try and solidify themselves as, as a legitimate contender, you know, in the tournament every year and, and things like that. So uh, good for uh, good for the Hall and um, good for Matt. You know, I was going to do this day in sports history right now, but I'm going to wait just a little bit because uh, earlier in the week, it was 1904. I'm even going to go back further, Duke. Oh. Back further, and I can't wait for the text to come in. All our listeners going... They were mad. Well, not mad. They're just giving me the gears, but 40 years different. Like, what are you doing? Well, that was, that was, talking that 30? was just Brian. Like, uh, that's there's just, a few guys. That's just Brian's There's gripe. a few guys. But I was going to tie it in with basketball, but we'll, we'll we'll wait on that. We'll talk about it maybe at 840 after we talk with uh, Mark Spector and Frank Cervalli at the top of the hour for uh, On the Mark for Booster Juice and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh, and then at uh, 9 o'clock, Ken Trahan will uh, guest with us to set up and tee up the NFL Thursday Nighter. We'll uh, make the 
the long distance call, and we're gonna are we gonna do a video thing with Ladislav Schmid at nine thirty? That's the plan. I because th- just because based on I think for yeah. simplicity's sake, uh, an internet connection is universal. So to join over video call with him but, might be a, a safer bet than trying to ring him up on the uh, the phone line. So he sent me a picture of this big tray of check cookies and dainties, oh, yeah. and he said none of the sugar crap cookies that you can all laddie. Did you did you send him a picture of our uh, our I, in-house potluck, potluck from oh, yesterday? What would, a spread we had. I bet he would have stayed here. On a, like if he were working Wednesday and stayed, he would have stayed. Oh, and then, yeah, well, he had yeah. to, and everybody would have been, uh, nobody would have said boo to him because no. you don't see a, a figure like that working their way down the buffet How line and, and give him give him gripes or How many times do you think he would have went through the lineup? I bet he would have went three, four. Well, at least a couple. Yeah. We we had to wait our turn for <laughs> uh, to go back for dessert because uh, the Dungarees, a yeah. very prominent uh, Alberta band here, um, do some work with CFCW on Friday nights as well. But they were here for a little performance in the building yeah. as well. So we didn't want to interrupt as we finished our lunch. We were eyeing up the dessert table, but didn't want to wander through the middle of the... Uh, the Dungarees kind of mini concert here at, uh, at the Stingray Studios. Yeah, we had the uh, potluck uh, luncheon. Uh, thanks to Marissa for organizing it and putting it, everything on. A really great job. So uh, coming up at the top of the hour, it will be Mark Spector for Rogers Sportsnet. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 Update, brought to you by First Round. Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location. You'll get 50% off your wings. Here's the Duke, Brandon Douglas.